And the winds blow in South Dakota, yes. In Isaiah 5, God compares the people of Israel to a vineyard. He says that he is the vine dresser and that they were the field. He came and he tilled the ground. He plucked out the stones. He planted the best grapevine possible. He built the watchtower and the fences and kept the animals and enemies at bay. And he tended and cared for the vineyard, expecting it to bring forth good grapes. But despite all his hard work and labor, the field only brought forth wild, small, bitter grapes. And so, God let his vineyard be destroyed. He took down the hedges. He allowed the vine to be burned. He tears down the wall. He allows the field to be trampled underfoot. He does not prune the vine, nor does he till the ground. He allows the briars and the thorns to grow up and choke the vine, and he keeps the rain from watering it. The vineyard becomes wasteland. This picture from Isaiah 5 is picked up by Jesus in Luke 8 with the parable of the four soils. Everybody has gardens and fields. Know that, that there is good soil and there is bad soil in every garden, in every field. But only the best gardens are going to have the best soils and they're going to produce the best. It's every farmer's goal to have a good field out there. And sometimes you might have a field that have rocks in it. And you go out and you pick the rocks and next year comes around, more rocks seem to appear out of nowhere. So you go out and you pick those rocks and you try to keep your field good so you don't have to worry about rocks out there. If the ground is hard, you try to till it up so it looks good and, work, and it's more workable. In the parable of Luke 8, Jesus likens the soil of a field to different kinds of people on this earth. Everybody falls into one of these four categories. You fall into at least one of these four as we read from Luke 8, verses 4 through 8. And when a great multitude had gathered, they had come to him from every city. He spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and when he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some of it fell on rocks. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on the good ground and sprang up, and it yielded a crop of a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears, let him hear. While the sower is out there, he tosses the seed all around, and it lands on these four different types of soil. Now, there's a little bit of a humor here with Jesus because, you know, if you got a bag of seed, and, and you know that when you're planting seed, you want to put it in the ground, you're going to be careful where you're sowing your seed because, you know, a seed is a precious commodity. You're just not going to be aimlessly throwing it among the rocks and the thorns. You're going to put it in the field. So Jesus is using a little bit of a sense of humor here to, to say, you know, we're going to go out there and we don't care where this seed goes. We're going to spread it everywhere. 
kind of reminds me of a, a verse in Revelation, actually, where it says, the end of the world will not come until everybody has had an opportunity to hear about Jesus. Everybody. So that nobody can say, well, I didn't know. See, the seed has to spread throughout the entire world. No matter where it lands, it has to go somewhere. What happens to that seed and how the people receive it, that's what this parable is all about. The first is in the beaten path soil. The ground is hard and well-traveled, and the birds came and, and ate it up. The second soil in Luke 8, 6 is that rocky soil. It's that soil that's next to the beaten path or on the edge of the field, which contains a lot of rocks and stones. Plants can grow there, but if it gets hot out, it's not going to grow very well, and they will wither up and die. Water runs through it like a sieve. The third soil is that thorny soil. We call it weed-infested, but, you know, back in the days, they, he actually referred to thorns because there were bushes out there that had big thorns on them. And if you actually went there and you were pricked by one of those thorns, your flesh it would become uh, sore and it would become painful. So you want to avoid those thorny bushes. And that's what he's referring to in Israel because they have these thorny bushes. They're not like the weeds in our garden. I'll tell you that. These were really bad thorny bushes out there. And that's what he's talking about. The fourth soil, of course, is the good soil. That's where people hear the word of God and will want to listen to it and adhere to it. And then at the end, Jesus says, He who has ears, let him hear. Of course, we all have ears, right? We all hear. But do we comprehend? Do we understand? Do we understand the spiritual truth that's here in our scriptures for today? The soil that is out there re represents different types of people. One thing that we don't want to become, you know, some people will say, well, they'll, they'll gauge us by how much fruit we produce, what we do in the community, how we work with our faith. And one thing that we should not become ourselves is what we call professional fruit inspectors. We should not be out there judging other people by how they act and how they do. That's not for us to decide. That's for God to decide. Let God be the fruit inspector. And then we all have to be accountable to him. Jesus talks about this. And then it's also interesting, you would think that such a simple parable everybody would understand. But even the disciples they had to go to Jesus for an explanation. They said, what does this parable mean? And Jesus said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may see, they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. A lot of people will hear the parables and it goes in one ear and out the other. They don't have a clue what he's talking about. For some people, they will hear the parables 
And they'll get excited. And then they'll fade away. For some people, they will hear it. And they'll be glorious and excited and want to continue on. And, and you know, one thing that really kind of excites me is i, I got to brag up my daughter Juliana a little bit. She's going to be going off to college here uh, this fall. It's making me sad thinking about it. She's going to be out in Rapid City. And we have in our phones where we have our notes. And, of course, it, it uh, goes into all of our phones. And so she was making a list of things that she needs to do for college. One of the things I noticed that she put down was find a church to attend. That was one of her priorities, is one of her priorities. And I'm thinking, how great is that? That she wants to actually find a church. A lot of kids, when they go off to college, that's the last thing on their mind. And that's representing well, one of the soils that's represented today. They will hear the word of God. They'll come to church. They'll come to Sunday school. They'll be confirmed. They'll go through all the process. And as soon as they leave home and they go off to college, they forget about their roots. Maybe the birds are eating up the, the seed. Maybe the thorns, the things of life, are getting to their way. No. We need to be solid soil. The goal is to get rid of the hard soil. The goal is to get rid of the rocks. The goal is to get rid of the thorns so that the entire field can become great and wonderful to work in. Now, it says in Luke eight eleven. now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. It doesn't really say who the sower is. But basically, the sower is anybody. It can be me, it can be you. And I was thinking this morning, it's just like, you know, it's kind of like, you have to do something. We could have a bag of, of so, uh, seed sitting in the closet back there. But then what are we doing with that seed? It sits there. We're not doing anything with it. We need to be sowers. We need to grab that bag of seed and go out there and seed and spread it out wherever it may go. One thing I want to do this summer is I'm going to come over here and we're going to start visiting people. We're going to start going to Pickerel Lake. We're going to go wherever the case might be. It's not going to be me alone. It's going to be me and, and whoever else. And we're going to start visiting. We're going to start spreading some seed out in this community area. It's time for us to do that. It's our obligation to be a sower, to spread the seed. Now, everybody we see, obviously, it, it, they're, how they receive it will be up to them. But if you don't sow anything, nothing will produce. That bag of seeds sitting in the closet will just simply sit there and rot away. That is not what we want. We need to be aggressive. It's that way with anything. You know, when, why do you advertise? Well, you advertise to get your message out there. Not everybody's going to buy into that message. Maybe 1%. Hey, 1%. That's better than zero, isn't it? 
The word of God is not like a laser beam where it is particularly focused out there. The word of God is out for everybody to see. Now, how they receive that word of God is what's important. You know, it seems like when you're sowing that seed, it's kind of inefficient when you're just kind of throwing it all over the place, willy-nilly type deal. But Paul says that people think that that's foolishness, and it's not. But that's where those type of people fall into one of the bad soils. Who They'll say, the world says, who wants to go and listen to some guy talk about the Bible for 45 minutes, let alone come back to Sunday night and Wednesday night for more of the same? And what's up with talking about half an hour of every day or taking every day to read the Bible? And what a waste of time. I've heard of the sermon before. I don't need to hear it again. And that's how the world looks at certain things. And they wonder why the world's in turmoil the way it is today. And they say, well, it's never done a bit of good. That's the soil that is on the wayside. Luke 8, 12 says, Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Back in Luke 8, it talks about the birds of the air who are coming to devour the seed. But here in Luke 8, 12, the devil's the one who's taken away the seed from them. They don't believe. They don't believe truly in God. Maybe, maybe deep down they, they kind of understand it a little bit, but they're more interested in other things. I don't want to spend time in church. And I hear it in so many different places. I hear it. That, you know, our church is struggling because nobody's coming anymore. People are making up excuses to come to church. They don't want to come simply because they don't want to come. It's time to wake up and understand what's going on. The first soil represents those people who do not respond to the word at all. They may hear it, but like I said, it goes in one ear and out the other side. And this happens to a lot of non-Christians. But it can also happen to Christians when they tune out the sermon. It'll happen to Christians who, they might be some, watching something on TV, but then they'll get on their phone and they'll be doing something else. When they're at home. Or in their car, they might, you know. And our car is a nice vehicle to be able to listen to a Christian station. Instead of this hard rock stuff that's out there. The stuff that pollutes your mind. You want to be more about God. The second soil is that rocky soil. Jesus explains in Luke 8, 13. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root because for a while they believe and then their temptation, they fall away. Notice that the soil initially receives the word with joy. They're excited to hear about the word of God. And then they fall away. 
Why? The second soul, they say, yes, this is what I've been looking for. And they begin to do things in the way of God. But then the temptations of life start to get away at them. The temptations of life start pulling away at them. And soon they fall away. How sad that is when that happens. When you receive the word of God, you should be ready to go. For the rest of your life, this is what my Jesus does for me. My Jesus saves. My Jesus forgives. My Jesus promises. My Jesus says, I'm going to go to heaven. Very often when people who are in the second soil look very promising at the beginning, fall away. What you need to do is pray. When you face temptation, pray to God that you will not fall away. And this will help answer your prayers. Don't face temptation alone. Be with God. Get those rocks out of your life so that you're not in the face of danger of the second soil. Well, yes. It's strong and then becomes weak. Now, perhaps the most dangerous soil out there is Luke 8.14. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Remember, the first soil were those who never received the instruction of the word of God in the first place. The devil just plucked it away from them. They either choose to never hear it or they hear it and they forget about it. The second soul represents those who have heard, received, and believed the word initially and then begin to act upon it and then temptation, they fall away. The third soil is where most Christians get snared. The third soil is the thorny soil. And according to Jesus, the thorns are the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of life. Are you or are you not committed to God? That's where the third soil comes in. You see, if you're going to believe in God, you need to believe all the way. That means coming to church and receiving the word every week. That means getting up every morning and praying to God. That means instead of knocking on wood, you're going to say praise the Lord or thank you, God. But what happens is that those thorns, remember those thorns, when they prick you, they will hurt. There are some Christians who act like Christians, talk like Christians, and even behave like Christians. But they don't have any serious or evident pattern of sin in their life. It looks like it is that way. I look at the, as I come to church on Sunday mornings, and you talk about priorities. I see people who would rather go out and go fishing. They're out in the lake, 
out on the ice. It's more important to go fishing. There's a thorn there in the side. There's a thorn that's driving them. You know, they may believe in God. They may not even sin, but they have that. Their priorities are somewhere else. I see people who, in the summertime, where do they go in the summertime? They go to the lakes. They go somewhere else. Church is the furthest thing from their mind because it's more fun to go out in the lake and go fishing and just sit there and do nothing. That's these people here who have fell among the thorns. They believe. They might even grow. But then the, the things that carries, the, the things of this life get in the way. Because they would rather enjoy life than to enjoy God. Now think about us even here today. And think about the past. In the early church, believe it or not, they were meeting every day in people's homes with the apostles' teaching for fellowship, for prayer, every day. Were they going overboard about what Christianity was about? No. That's because they were hungry and thirsty for the word of God. They would believe and they would meet every day. Don't you think that that kind of fruit, you know, can you, if I watered you once a month, how would that be? How would you, the, your plant would just kind of wither away, wouldn't it? We do it once a week. And that's better. You'll have a better chance of survival, the plant will, and if you water it every week. If you tend to it every day, talk to it, talk to the plants and water it, give it some food. You know, we, sometimes we just give it water all the time. Well, it needs a little bit of food because the food dries up in the soil. We all need that in our lives. We need to pray. We need to set our heart on heavenly treasures. Get rid of the materialistic things that are in our lives that will deter us away. You know, you think about the clutter, all those thorns that are in our lives. I even hate to admit this. I walk into my closet and I have all my shirts hanging there. And just for curiosity, one day I decided to count them. I only have about 150 shirts. I'm thinking, what do I need with 150 shirts? So I walk in the closet. What am I going to wear today? I need to declutter. The problem is, is that I've had shirts probably from high school yet or college. I still fit into you. I hate to get rid of them. Maybe I'd rather go out fishing for the day. Maybe I'd rather go to the mall. Maybe I'd go do something else because that's, you know, 
I don't want to go to church today. I don't want to have to decide what to wear. I don't want to have to do this or that. Those are the things that are choking us. Wouldn't it be nice for me to walk into the closet? Four shirts. Not too difficult to decide what to wear. Simple. Get rid of the clutter. Gives me more time to think about God than what I need to wear. I'm sitting there going through, I don't want to wear this, I don't want to wear that. Oh, for goodness sake. Then get rid of it. Declutter. Look at our garages. Look at our closets. Things around us that are just cluttering us. All that stuff is deterring us away from God when we should be going towards God. We want to be on the good soil. Luke 8.15 says, But the ones that fell on good ground are those who have heard the word of God with a noble and good heart. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. Oh, yes. They hear it and they keep it. And the thorns will not get in the way. The rocks will not get in the way. The, the, the hard ground will not get in the way. the more we can keep our lives simple. The more we're going to be able to concentrate upon God. Think about back then when they were meeting in their homes. I can guarantee you there was not a lot of clutter in the home. They didn't have things hanging up on the walls, probably maybe one or two things. Their homes were basic, simple. Come to my home and and we'll worship together. I've heard people say, if you want to come and see my house, make an appointment. If you want to come see me, come anytime. We need to really simplify our lives. And then once we have simplified our lives, we'll have that good soil that we will grow in. God will give us the nourishment that we need to live out our lives. The forest soil produces a crop that is a hundred times more abundant than what was sown. Read, study, and meditate on the scripture every day and make sure you have as much good, solid, biblical teaching as you can during the course of the week. I was interested when I heard Sheila this morning, she said when she was at work, you know, she put in her earbuds, whatever it was, and was listening to some Christian deal on, on her phone probably. That's something we should be doing when we're coming to, to church, when we're in our vehicle. You know, there's several Christian stations out there that we can listen to. And this morning as we came over, you know, one of the songs was, let me tell you what my Jesus can do. You know, he saves, he encourages, he forgives, he protects us, promises eternal life. This is what my Jesus can do. And that's what we need to do is to tell other people about that. But we have to be sowers of the seed. Take the seed and sow it wherever it may go. Let it go in the wind. Let it float wherever it needs to go. Some people will receive it. Others will ignore it. Some will receive it for a while and then fall away, but then some will receive it and keep it and it will grow in them and it will be great for them because they're going to have eternal life. 
spread the seed of joy, spread the seed of God. If you fear that you are not the fourth soil, take heart, because, see, the Word of God instructs us how to become that fourth soil. To move past the first soil, you must believe that God's Word contains instructions for life and godliness. To move past the second soil, you must get rid of the besetting sins that wither away at our spiritual vitality. And to move past that third soil, you must exchange physical and worldly pursuits for spiritual. Only then will we become fertile soil and able to produce much fruit. Be of good soil and be a sower. Sow the seed of God. Because when we're out there sowing, it is the seed of God. And once that seed is spread, let the Spirit do its work. The Holy Spirit will work through people. The Holy Spirit will work through you and me as sores. The Holy Spirit will say, you can do this because I believe in you. God believes in us. If he did not believe in us, he would not have sent his son into the world for us. It is by his Son that we have the promises of life. But in the meantime, yeah, that the dark side, the devil, he's out there. He's in his thorns. He's in the rocks. He's the birds. He's doing whatever he can to pull us away from the health that we need in our spirituality. Let me tell you what my Jesus can do. Praise the Lord. Have faith and believe. Be a good sower. Live in good soil and receive the nutrients of Jesus Christ each and every day of your lives. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. May the grace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.